We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. This is the most recent installment of Mavs Step Back Live. I uh, just wanted to come on here a little bit uh, before the late night game tonight. It starts at <laughs> – has a tip-off time at, at 9 p.m. Central, so uh, at least it's Friday. I usually stay up really late on the weekends anyway, so – no harm, no foul there. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a huge matchup. The Grizzlies have have won eleven straight games. Uh, the Mavs just ended the Chicago Bulls nine game win streak uh, last Sunday, I believe. Yeah, Sunday is when that happened. Uh, and then you know they they tried to extend their six game winning streak in New York, and it just it just wasn't in the cards, which. You know, they, they had been playing so well for such a long stretch that uh, I, I'm not really shocked by it. I mean, I, I had hoped that they could come out and get a win versus the Knicks, but, you know, the Knicks have kind of had the Mavs number, uh, especially since the, the KP trade and then adding Julius Randle to the mix, who always kills the Mavs. Uh, you know, that, that kind of goes against them. But uh, it was really R.J. Barrett that, that ended up, you know, putting the Mavs away in that last game. So... Anyway, uh, it's it's time for a bounce back. Hopefully, uh, it's it's Ja Morant versus Luka Doncic. Uh, ja Morant just passed Luka in uh, NBA All Star voting. The fan vote second returns, and he's having just a fabulous season uh, for the Grizzlies. And argue, I mean, honestly, I know Luka has good averages, but I would say that that Morant has been better than Luka. Uh, so far this season but anyway I've got my guy Kirk Henderson from Mavs Moneyball here uh, to join me at the beginning of this one and like I said if anybody else wants to speak send a request and and we'll get you up here after this but Kirk how's it going man how's your week been it uh, well my week has been a, a garbage fire but that's okay it's uh it's over with shortly which I'm looking forward to have you looked at the Maverick schedule the rest of the month I have it's uh it's surprisingly weak <laughs> like, it's kind of upsetting though they play four back-to-backs it is they the back-to-backs is is a concern but as far as like the overall competition, 
you know, I mentioned it before we or right at the beginning of the month. I mean, the way they've been playing, if they if they keep it up, I mean, obviously they can't keep it up to the to the level they did during that six game win streak. But if they keep most of that up, the intensity level, I still think it could end up being a really good month for the Mavs. You know, they could they could uh, you know get closer and close the. And I, I mentioned they could close the gap between them and the Grizzlies. Uh, but with the way things are going in the standings right now, they might be able to close the gap between them and the Jazz. <laughs> Jeez, you know, somebody's feeling positive. I just the back to backs just kind of I, I I waffle on on how much I care because I think the team plays better when they're in a rhythm, just because they have enough younger bodies. And you know you got KP in and out of the lineup, Luca in and out of the lineup. Dorian seems to th- uh, kind of thrive whenever the grind is just ongoing. It's like that that two day gap between the Sunday game and the Knicks game. Um, I I think hurt them. Uh, so it, it sort of goes it, it sort of goes either either way. I, I can make an argument for. It. I just like the back to backs are just painful from a coverage perspective because it's like my mom my mom asked me today, "What are you doing this weekend?" Well, I'm covering a Mavs game at nine o'clock tonight and a Mavs game at eight thirty tomorrow night and and that's just a wine but that's that yeah yeah i mean it's it's been a grind and i mean uh i've you know since taking on my my new role at dallasbasketball.com i've been doing way more recaps lately which you know that's part of the that's part of the job description there but uh i mean i really haven't minded it yet i might change my tune on that you know as we get into uh you know march <laughs> towards the end of the season but I mean I've really I've really enjoyed it so far but um yeah so Christos Porzingis he's still out uh he has been out for a while uh in COVID protocols so he he must have you know he must be feeling some effects from from getting COVID I would think uh like we talked about the other day but you know he's still out uh but other than that and Willie Colleystein who remains out for personal reasons, on month five, it feels like it's only week five, but it feels like five months. Uh, but other than that, the Mavs are you know completely healthy, uh, and we're just waiting on Luca to kind of regain his his superpowers. I mean, like I said, his averages are good, but his efficiency is down from what it was last year. And some people think his thirty five percent three point shooting last year was more of an outlier. Uh, than, you know, a third-year progression, you know, something that has staying power. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's it's if it's still the conditioning thing or if it's just that, you know, he's he's had multiple hiccups with these ankle injuries and, you know, he keeps having to start – he keeps having to stop and then start up again uh, after that. So he's, like, still playing catch-up. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe he's bored with the, you know, having mostly the same roster for the better part of three years. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I just know, and, uh, you know, uh, our guy Grant Afseth, he wrote about it yesterday on DallasBasketball.com. But, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it's almost blasphemous to say that the Mavs need more from Luca because he is the team's best player and he he's leading them in almost everything <laughs> just from a, a raw averages perspective. But his efficiency, uh, you know, it, that's that's where it, he's really dipped this year. And it, it's really hurting 
the Mavs, you know, especially if uh, if the ball movement isn't crisp and uh, you know, like we've seen a few well, times when he's in the lineup. So I mean, let me what, offer let me offer some criticism. Here, here's kind of the the, the Luca thing that that is just driving I think everyone nuts, and it's it's not it's not as cute as it needed to be. So in the off season, whenever um, Donnie and then Jason Kidd got hired and said the same thing, where they're talking about how Luca needs to basically pass the ball more, use more of his paints, whatever bullshit they came up with, the the what we saw while Luca was out for three weeks was a lot of ball movement, a lot of ball movement. And he comes back, and even with Brunson on the floor, it's just it, – I don't want to say it's gone away, but it's decreased. I don't entirely understand why there aren't more actions involving Brunson and Luka directly. You know, like a Luka-Brunson screen and roll, like the small big stuff that he used to do with Seth Curry, they never do that stuff. Like there, there's a, a dribble handoff play where – um Brunson will often get the ball going downhill after like the pass goes across the court to Dwight at the top of the key. Brunson basically dives past him, receives a dribble handoff and goes into the lane. Whenever they run that same play with Luca, like he pitches the ball to Luca, whoever's at the top of the key, Maxi uh, Powell, whoever. And, and Luca's never on the move. And I don't like, there's just not near enough stuff with Luca on the move. You know, a six foot seven guy who has his vision and his sort of, you know, ability to almost predict the future with where the ball's going. And it just, they don't, he and the Mavericks together, I don't know who's at fault here. They, they need to do more stuff where the ball's moving faster. Like that Knicks Mavs game was such a painful pace game where everything was so slow. And I just, it, it feels like we're not utilizing like the full extent of Luca's abilities. And I'm not sure where where that issue lies but i would i would love to see more of it so if we're talking about how do we get more out of luca i think it's it's not necessary well i mean how and i mean i guess my next question to you is how much of that do you put on luca himself you know and his willingness to play more like that and how much do you put on you know the the coaching staff's game plan because we saw it without luca i mean they're more than capable of playing at a higher pace and, and, you know, having great ball movement and everything. But I mean, how much of that do we put on Lucas shoulder? That, yeah. See, and that's fair. And sorry, I got a, I got a phone call, which like three and I'm driving. So I'm trying not to crash my car while talking to you <laughs> and denying the car. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, when, when you sign a $207 million contract, I suppose that means never having to say I'm sorry. And so I, I hate to really place the burden on him because he is, like, our favorite player. And I know I think we kind of are driving some of the, the Lucas superfans nuts with this sort of criticism. But it's at least worth having because how he dictates a significant amount of what they do. So I, I, the, the further we get along with this, because it's just like we saw three weeks without him and they're doing all sorts of interesting ball movement stuff. And then he comes back, and it doesn't go away, but it's just less frequent, and and it's it's got to be something. Yeah, well, look, I, Kirk, I appreciate you joining me for a little bit today, and uh, I hope that you know there's a there's a big bounce back win tonight for the Mavs, and I hope we get you know some of that uh, that Luca. Like I said, I hope he gets some of his superpowers back because this seems like you know he's been struggling. And he's playing up against John ja Morant, who just passed him in all-star voting. And I think, you know, this is one of those games that he's going to look at and might take personally 
and uh, hopefully they can get a big W. Tonight. I think so, too. He and Jaw have not actually played each other that many times, considering Jaw's been in the league for three years. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. All right, thanks for having me up, Dalton. You guys have a good day. Yes, sir. Have a good one, Kurt. And another thing before I bring on uh, our next speaker here, uh, I mentioned it. We, we On DallasBasketball.com, we do a – during the week, so Monday through Friday, we do a, a – column called Mavs Donuts and it's it's 12 things uh most of them you know uh, related to the Mavericks and then uh some other things just related to the NBA in general and uh, our guy Jeremy Brenner who posts these things uh he does a on this day section and on January 14th uh it's not necessarily the greatest day for Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> Because <laughs> on this day in 2002, Kobe Bryant torched him for 56 points in a in a Lakers blowout win. And then on this same exact day in 2019, James Harden, when he was on the Rockets, uh, scored 57 on the Grizzlies in another blowout win uh, uh, for his Rockets that day. So that is <laughs> that that is pretty uh, pretty cool uh, coincidence there, and hopefully. Uh, we get some of that from Luca tonight. So, all right. Next speaker I have in the queue here is Jordan Ennis. Let me get you up here, Jordan. Jordan, what's up, man? How you doing? Not much. I'm uh, coming to you from Africa. So, oh, nice. I just set my just set my alarm for 3 a.m. so I can watch this game. And uh, my wife asked me why I was uh, going through all that pain for someone who's just going to disappoint me. And I realized that this feels like an abusive relationship sometimes. Uh, it, it, the map's not my look. Wife. It definitely is, and Godspeed to you, sir. Three a.m. That that is dedication. <laughs> so uh, the only thing that I really want to point out is I would be worried to trade Brunson for uh, Miles Turner. I just feel like that would be a huge mistake if Brunson is in that trade. Um, just because I think Brunson is probably on his own better than miles turner at this point um i don't know i don't know if i would say better but i do think he is more of a need for what you know for the mavs than than what turner is and i'm not saying the mavs wouldn't need turner i'm just saying you know we've talked about forever how luca needs uh a true secondary uh, distributor next to him in the starting lineup and Brunson to his credit has developed into that this year and it's you know they they have a really good record with him and Luca starting together and I just feel like with what you can get in the league in regards to big men you know we're we're seeing it right now with Marquise Chris they signed him off of his couch uh on he's on his third 10-day contract now he hadn't played in a year uh when they signed him and you know he's come in and made an impact when he gets when he well when he gets enough minutes he hasn't been playing much here lately but you know you can see the value you get with bigs in this league uh, and you don't have to pay them you know 20 plus million dollars a year so i would love miles turner on the mavs uh but i'm with you i would not if if jalen brunson comes up in those trade talks for turner i wouldn't do it now if it becomes something to where they try and, you know, expand it to a bigger deal and, you know, uh, Malcolm Brogdon gets involved, something like that, 
then you can have that discussion because, you know, even though Brogdon has his own uh, injury issues like KP does, uh, that would be an incredible uh, swap. (laughs) You can, you can add Brogdon and Miles Turner and it makes you feel better about, you know, losing Brunson and you so Brogdon can't be traded this year, though. Oh, he can't. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, because the way he signed his extension, he can't be traded this year. Um, I do just think uh, that it's kind of amazing. Brunson's actually better scoring in the post than Turner is, um, and Brunson's like four foot eleven, so well, that, that does worry me. If we uh, and the Mavs have like a million centers too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it would just be a, a bad roster decision to get rid of a point guard for a center. Um, but I keep seeing that from uh, Pacers fans that say if we want to trade for Turner, th- that we could put uh, Brunson in the trade. And I would just, th- I, I would not do that. I could see putting Dorian, and I love Dorian, but I could see him being in that trade because I don't know that we pay both Brunson and Dorian, and I think we need Brunson more than we need Dorian. Yeah, I agree. And look, I mean, I'm not saying I, I tweeted this out last week, I believe, but I'm not saying that Josh Green is anywhere near, you know, what Dorian Finney-Smith is as far as being consistent and everything. But we've seen flashes from Josh Green. The defense, at least the intensity on defense, has always been there. And, you know, he's shown when he has confidence that he can do some things on offense too. So, I mean, I guess the hope is if – and I, I hate it when people say, oh, well, if the Mavs can afford to bring back Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson, I mean, Mark Cuban can af- – I mean, he can afford to bring him back. It's just, you know, if you're going to go into the luxury tax, which is a thing he hasn't done in over a decade since this new CBA has, has gone into effect, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where he's probably not going to do it unless the Mavs show that they can actually get past the first round this year. So – uh, with that in mind, I think if you can get high value for Dorian, uh, who's about to be an unrestricted free agent, knowing that he's about to get paid more and you know you're going to keep Brunson over him, like if there's a pecking order and Brunson is ahead of him, maybe you trade Dorian and hope that Josh Green, you know, develops into that role. So I, I agree with that. Yeah. And look, as far as the big man thing, I mean, I like Miles Turner. And I hope uh, – or my hope would be that – uh if they did that, that maybe they can make it work out with, uh, with KP and Turner together. But I mean, I think if the Mavs, I would almost prefer John Collins to, uh, to Miles Turner. And I, I've, I've really liked him. There was a rumor the other day that the Mavs have been linked to him for like a really long time and in trade talks and stuff. And, you know, the Hawks are in a situation where they've been really disappointing and, I almost wonder, because we talked about it last year, <clears throat> if the Hawks didn't want to pay uh, John Collins, you know, maybe there could be a sign-and-trade opportunity uh, with, you know, KP and, and Collins there. And it didn't happen. The Hawks ended up signing him. But, you know, John Collins still isn't satisfied with the situation. And given their disappointments this year, uh, you know, that's only continued to bubble over. So I'm almost wondering – uh, especially since the Mavs have shown how good they can be, even without KP in the lineup, uh, if if they could work something out there where it's a, a KP for for John Collins swap. And I see somebody in the chat just said KP is more impactful than 
than Collins. I mean, obviously not because the the Mavs are still able to win games without him. I mean, the, the numbers, he has good individual numbers, but he just doesn't affect winning. You know, I mean, I, I just, you're paying $30 million, and I love KP. I love KP. He's had, again, an individual season that has been great uh, by his standards other than three-point shooting. Uh, the defense is better than last year. He's blocking shots, uh, almost two two block shots a game. Uh, he just hasn't had the, the efficiency from deep, which is one of his big things. I mean, you know, if <laughs> – <laughs> if your if your main thing is having a seven three unicorn that can shoot threes and he can't shoot threes, then you know that's his biggest strength and it's not happening right now. So I like what John Collins brings to the table. I think he would be an excellent fit with Luca as a pick and roll, pick and pop guy. Uh, he's not the greatest defender, but uh, I would like to see that swap if it was something that. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, going back to your your Josh Green point, like Josh Green is closer to what Dorian is than Trey Burke is to what Brunson is. So I understand uh, that point. And, yeah, if we could trade Collins, I would do it. Uh, I actually can't think of a better front court pairing for KP than Capella, so that does kind of worry me that maybe that trade would bite us in the back. But I think I'd still. Yeah, and Jordan, I appreciate you coming up here and talking with me for a little bit. You'll have to do it some other time. Enjoy staying up until probably 5 a.m., I guess, uh, over in Africa. That's, uh, that's some real dedication right there from Jordan. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Davis is up next. Davis, what's up, man? What you got for me? Hey, Dalton. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing today? Good, good. Um, so, regards to trades, I'm not... I think, you know, actually, I trade that nobody is talking about. I, I'm not a big fan of Brunson for Turner. I think Brunson's too important as a ball handler for this team. Um, without him, our second best handlers with Trey Young. I mean, not Trey Young. Uh, Trey, uh, 
Burke. Yeah. Burke. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, which, you know, is, we're just not, you know, and if, then if Luga gets injured or is out for a period of time, then you're just screwed. Um, so you'd have to make an additional move for a, a Drogic or, or, or some other ball handler at that point. Um, and Brunson's just, you know, I mean, they're comparable players in terms of how good they are, in my opinion, uh, at this point. And, you know, he, he's got a bright future. I think if you actually want to improve the roster now, trading Brunson for a guy uh, uh, like uh, from uh, Toronto, uh, Fred Van Fleet, um, in terms of, you know, you could theoretically package him green and Powell um, there, you know, that trade would work financially. The issue would be, you know, with Toronto be interested. Um, Van Fleet is, might not be in their timeline. You know, maybe they want to sell kind of high on him. That's actually the trade I think that would most benefit the Mavs in the short term and potential long term because I think Van Vliet would just be the probably the best player you can put Luca next to uh, you can put next to Luca in the backcourt. Um, he's like Kyle Lowry type player, can shoot, can defend, can create his own shot, can create for others. Um, I think a trade like that is would be way better for his teams than a Turner who again would not be able to play next to to KP. Um, KP just can't guard fours. It's just, it just, he, he's too slow. Um, and he's bad in space. He's far better as your rim protector in the paint blocking shots. Um, so I'm not well, sure. I really, I like the, the Van Fleet idea. The only thing is, I'm, I really, it's very hard for me to envision the Raptors trading him. You know, they, they, they love him. The fans love him. Uh, you know, I, and the thing with trading Brunson is, and I've talked with about this with a, a ton of people in the last week or so, but it, it's really hard because one Brunson's contract, you know, he's only making I think it's like one point eight million, uh, and so that's the first hurdle. It's like salary matching for if you get a you know a guy that's pretty good. Uh, that's making a lot more money than him. You have to match salary, and some people might not want to take on uh, Dwight Powell or you know Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, to make that work. But then the other issue you have is you know how the contract is set up, and you know Brunson being an unrestricted free agent, which is a complete whiff uh, on the Mavs' part. Which again, you know that was the pre- previous regime. Uh, but you know if, if he he shouldn't be entering. Uh, unrestricted free agency after his fourth year. That just <laughs> that just shouldn't happen. So that that's another issue that that makes it so hard uh, to trade Brunson. But you know, if if you find a team that's willing to take on Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, or take on Dwight Powell, something to to make the salary work, then maybe you can work with it. And I just I don't think Toronto is 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 that team. But um, I. I, I agree. That's why I don't think Matt will make an impactful trade this, this, you know, this year. Um, at least not during the year. Uh, maybe in, during the summer. So no, I totally agree. I don't think Toronto is looking to part ways with Fred Fleet. But that's honestly the only move out there. I think where trading Brunson would actually, like a semi-realistic trade uh, that would actually help his team um, in the short term. Otherwise. It just Turner doesn't do it for me. Um, 
and just because of fit next to KP. Now a Collins, for example, would fit, I think, amazingly with KP. He's, he'd be like Dwight Powell on steroids. But again, we don't have anything that Atlanta would want for Collins because they're not, they don't want Brunson because that defensive duo of Brunson and Trey would be horrible. Um, They just could not play together in crunch time. Um, And they're not going to play Brunson over Trey, obviously. So there's nothing really we could get for, um, we could give to them. So I'm really, there's really not many trades out there, I think, for the Mavs to do where it actually moves the needle at all, unless they get in on a three, three-way trade or, or something like that. That's just the... Well, I, one, one move that I... And, Davis, I appreciate you joining me today, uh, talking some trade stuff. But one thing that I look at and I'm interested in is the Jeremy Grant situation with the Pistons. Uh, you know, he... He's really talented. He seems like one of those players that would be out of the Mavs, you know, budget <laughs> as far as trades go. But, you know, if you look back, I know the Pel- – it was it was actually reported that the Pelicans offered Tim Hardaway Jr., I think, $90 million or or even over that. I can't remember the exact number. But uh, there were rumors that the Detroit Pistons – offered him something similar to that too, or they were going to offer him something similar to that. So, you know, uh, Detroit, they did like him. I don't know if they still like him, but, you know, if, if you could work something out that way, you know, that, that could potentially be one of those things where uh, maybe you maybe you can pair Brunson with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and get a guy like Jeremy Grant. Um, now, again, I don't, I don't know if – I mean, that, that's getting kind of close because, again – uh, Brunson is such a need for this team right now because of the lack of secondary uh, ball handling. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would probably do it just because Grant is so good, and I think he'd fit in well with uh, with the way this team is structured. But if you do that, then you have to pretty much know for a fact that Goran Dragic is, is going to get bought out, or you have to have something else lined up to get somebody else in the door uh, aside from Trey Burke. <laughs> <laughs> to to help Luca out in the backcourt, so uh, that that's that's one I'm keeping my eye on. I don't really expect uh, the Mavs to to do that particular trade or to to get to really get in on it, but um, it's one I'm interested in, and I I would hope that they would at least explore that. You know, considering that uh, the Pistons had interest in Hardaway Jr. at some point. So, all right, next up, Austin Sims. And then I've got one more after Austin, and we'll get out of here. Austin, what's up, man? What you got for me? Okay, we may have some. I'll give him a few more seconds here. Hey, dog, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What you got, man? What's up? What's up, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. It's it's Friday. It's been a uh, it's been a long week, but it's been a good week, and uh, I'm ready to watch some Mavs basketball and uh, some Cowboys football. Hopefully, they get a win on Sunday, and maybe we have a good sports weekend here. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I just kind of want to piggyback off that last trade idea. Um, I think Brunson and THJ for Jeremy Grant would be like incredible for this team. Um, you know. Tim Hardaway's not doing anything for us anymore. It's honestly just a wasted roster spot at this point. 
And my thoughts on Brunson in general, whether it's this trade or a different one, is that I, I truly believe he's gone this summer. You know, he can go somewhere like New York, one of the biggest markets out there, you know, essentially run the team himself and not be second or third fiddle to Luca and to KP um, and probably get more money elsewhere. So I think he's gone. So I think right now you take advantage of how well he's playing. And again, if you can package him and Tim Hardaway for Jeremy Grant, that's that's pretty incredible, especially if you know that, you know, in all reality, Drogic's likely coming here. They're trying to find a trade partner, but everyone knows he wants to go to the Mavs and he's old and expensive. So I think he'll get here around buyout time. And so then you can, you know, stagger him and Luca, play him again sometimes. But um, I think we'll find a way to have another ball handler. But that's kind of just my thoughts on Jeremy Grant, but also what we should do with Okay, say that one more time at the end. It cut off. What, what? I'll just say, let me know kind of what your thoughts are and all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I like I said, I I would lean towards doing it. I do think that would be, you know, a pretty, pretty interesting haul for the Mavs if they could get Jeremy Grant. Now, the thing is, you know, Jeremy Grant, he really, really wanted to play in Detroit. So he liked their coach. He liked their – their owner, the general manager, I mean, just top to bottom, that's where he wanted to be. The The Denver Nuggets offered him the exact same amount of money uh, to stay with them, and they had just gone to the Western Conference Finals, and he still left <laughs> to go to the Pistons uh, for the money, and he liked the franchise, and he had the, uh, you know, he was going to be the number one guy. But that was two seasons ago. Uh, you know, they, they were last in the East last year. They're last in the East this year. Uh, and now the dynamic has changed with the roster too, because he's no longer the the focal point. You know, he he's part of it, but Cade Cunningham is the focal point now. Uh, that's who the the future franchise star is, and that's who they're gonna you know kind of build around going forward. So, and he's twenty seven years old. Jeremy Grant is uh, in the prime of his career. I mean, if I was him. I mean, I know he had bigger hopes and dreams for, for joining Detroit when he did a few years ago, but if, if I was him right now, I would be considering <laughs> other options. You know, I mean, at some point, I know he might like the Pistons, but at some point, you know, a guy has to be thinking, man, I could be I could be in a much better situation team-wise uh, than I am right now. So that's my thoughts on, on Jeremy Grant. Uh I don't know if he would necessarily even want to leave. And Austin, I appreciate you joining me. Um, but if he does, I mean, I, I would really like for the Mavs to get in on that. And the, it's one of those things where any of these hypothetical trades, if you look at the, you know, the assets that teams have to offer, the majority of other teams could pretty much beat out the Mavs potential trade packages if they wanted to. Uh, the only question is, will that actually happen? You know, it, it's one of those things, you know, Donnie Nelson, we've had him on the pod in the past, uh, usually around trade deadline and trade deadlines and uh, NBA drafts. And, you know, for the most part, he gave us the, the salesman pitch or the not salesman, the Mavs company man pitches and was real vague about stuff. But one thing he said in one of the times he, he uh, came on with us that really stuck with me was that, being a general manager in the NBA around trade deadline is like a fireman's existence. You know, you never know when the bell's going to ring. You never know when an opportunity is going to come up that 
you didn't think was going to come up, even if, you know, other teams have better stuff to offer. You know, if you're on the phone with a, a GM and you're talking about a trade and you agree on something and something else by another by another team hasn't been offered, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a timing thing. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff is unlikely, but, you know, it's never impossible. It, it's about timing and um, that's pretty much it. So hopefully the Mavs can – can do something this trade deadline. I think Nico Harrison, I think they'll do something. I'm not exactly sure what, uh, but I think, I think Nico Harrison kind of realizes that this team needs some sort of a shakeup. And uh, like I was talking about with Kirk and, and Matt the other day, you know, we're, we're just kind of to the point now where even if it's like viewed as a lateral move, I think getting new players in the door could be a plus for this team. You know, we saw it with these 10, 10 day guys and, you know, I, I think it would be a good thing for this team going forward. They, they need a new breath of fresh air. Uh, they need a new, a new scene going forward. So hopefully that happens. Okay, last one we're going to have up here, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, the Big Shot Pod. And I see it cut your name off there at the end. But anyway, <laughs> how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Um, first time uh, caller, I guess you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so just listening to you guys talk, I am a big believer of the idea that we need to trade Brunson. Uh, I love the guy, um, but, you know, I'm just of the belief that he's he's just too small. You know, Kirk even said last uh, green room, in his green room, he said, you know, anytime anyone, you know, 6'5", you know, guards Brunson, he's almost useless. And, you know, we can't have our second best player or ball handler, I guess, you know, be that inefficient whenever it comes to size because there's a lot of big guys in the league. Um, and right now, Brunson's value is sky high. I mean, any podcast you listen to, uh, any fan base, you know, they're always mentioning uh, Brunson. So I think that we really need to, you know, find a package deal. I know that his salary isn't much at all, but that's why I think that we can package uh, Brunson and Hardaway. Uh, and maybe we can get, you know, really good return. So, you know, I don't know what you think of that, but, you know, I just think that we really need to get off his salary. And I think that it would be a great way to get rid of Hardaway's salary too. Here, Here's one that I've kind of played around with and I haven't, I haven't written about it yet. I've just been kind of keeping it to myself because I don't, I mean, I don't know how ridiculous of a proposal it is, but, I mean, what if the Mavs could potentially do something with the Sacramento Kings who are just a uh, – I don't want to say a dumpster fire, but, you know, they've <laughs> – they haven't been good uh, for the longest time now. They're they're on pace to break the, uh, the NBA's record for most seasons without making the playoffs this year, and they could be selling a lot this year, and – I, I'm almost wondering if they could do something with the Kings uh, to get De'Aaron Fox and maybe even, you know, Rashawn Holmes. You know, De'Aaron Fox, he was a guy in that draft, I believe it was 2017. 2017 with uh, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., I really liked him because of his defensive uh, upside. And, I mean, he's having a down year this year, but – I really would be interested in doing something like that, even if it involved, you know, 
even in, even if it involved sending Kristaps Porzingis and Jalen Brunson together, you know, doing something to get uh, De'Aaron Fox and uh, Rashawn Holmes and you know whatever else. Like I said, I haven't really like gotten real detailed into it, but it's one that I've thought about, and I'll probably do a little bit more homework on it and write about it later. But where- yeah, I I would love that. Uh, you know. I've I've always been a believer in De'Aaron Fox. You know, it's just that organization. <laughs> you know, that has to be so you know draining playing for that team. So you know, I think that if he you know came to a different team, hopefully Dallas, I think that he would do a lot better. Um, Rashawn Holmes would be amazing. Um, you know, and I agree. You know, even if we have to uh, you know package KP in the deal, you know, I'm all for it. You know, because Rashawn Holmes, he doesn't have. Uh, you know, injury problems or anything like that. So, you know, we'd get consistency out of those two. Um, So, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, if we do trade, you know, Brunson away, obviously we're going to need a ball handler. You know, I was thinking, uh, you know, maybe we can do a deal where we can get a guy like a Will Barton type type of player, you know, something like that, that can, you know, help us get another ball handler and shooter. And, you know, that way we're not just solely relying on, uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And look, I mean, there's people in the. I appreciate you joining me, by the way. There, there's people in the chat saying like, are <laughs> talking about Rashawn Holmes's uh, defense, and you know, Kings people saying that's kind of his downfall and everything. And my my comeback to that is Dwight Powell has started pretty much every game for the Mavs this year. <laughs> And and to Dwight's credit, he has been playing great lately, except for that Knicks game. He uh he he kinda went back to form there, uh, or the the form we're used to seeing from from Powell, but he had a hot streak and I mean I I just think we kinda met our allowance for for the Photoshop big arms Dwight Powell uh part of the season right there. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe he'll continue it later, but I mean, look, we, we can't be picky with, with some of these guys uh, as potential trade acquisitions when, you know, we've had Dwight Powell starting for like 40 of the – or almost 40 of the first half of this season. So, anyway, uh, guys, that's going to do it for today. Again, I haven't, you know, really gone into much detail on some of these trade scenarios because, one, I've just been so dang busy, but, two, we haven't really gotten – close enough and there has there hasn't been enough rumors come out even though they've started heating up here lately uh, to where you can actually formulate something without you know uh, to make educated guesses I guess is what I'm trying to say you, you, you need something to go off of to where you can where you can you know talk about it while being a little bit educated so guys I appreciate it uh, be sure to join our math step back watch party tonight. You can join that by signing up at patreon.com slash mavstepback. And be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll see you next time. Y'all have a good Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.